sponsored by Amazon. Hey, good morning. I am Playbook co-author Eugene Daniels. It's Wednesday, December 6th. Here's what's driving the day. First up, we are likely to see a procedural vote that will almost certainly fail. <laughs> it will be on President Biden's Ukraine, Israel, and border funding request, $106 billion that the president requested quite some time ago. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has moved to set this vote up because essentially <laughs> senators need a deadline to get them to focus. But the negotiators that have been kind of figuring out what would actually go in a bill like this continue to seem very, very far apart. So keep your eye on that. Likely to fail, but still will kind of give everyone a sense of where this thing is going. Also, it's debate day. Four Republicans are going to hit the stage. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Nikki Haley, the former UN ambassador and governor of South Carolina. Businessman Vivek Ramaswamy and just under the wire here, former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. The four of them would hit the stage at the University of Alabama. And one thing that has remained true throughout this debate cycle is that Nikki Haley star continues to rise every time that she does one of these. After the last debate, you started to see her poll numbers go up even more. And more importantly, she's gotten more donors and more backing. Right now, we do not have any other debates scheduled before people start voting in Iowa on January 15th. That could change. That could change. But at this point, this is their last chance scheduled to get in front of the TV cameras, try to knock each other out, especially Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, who have been sniping at each other in private and public over the last few weeks. So lots of fireworks we're expecting there. And lastly, to Colorado, where the most potent effort to try and disqualify former President Donald Trump, from the 2024 ballot in Colorado, is headed to the state's highest court. This Colorado case is one of dozens around the country that have tried to challenge Trump's eligibility to return to the presidency. These cases often argue that he's disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which states that anyone who, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion after taking the oath of office to support the Constitution is forbidden from holding any public office. And joining us now to discuss what we can expect from those oral arguments at the Colorado Supreme Court, one of our longtime friends of the pod and legal reporter at Politico, Kyle Cheney. Kyle, good morning. Good to be with you, Eugene. Big day in, in Colorado and, and kind of, you know, with implications for the country. I, this may be a case that a lot of people aren't paying a lot of attention to. They may have thought they heard the last word, <laughs> as we often do when there's a legal issue in this country, but that's not the case. So I guess for, for those that don't know, kind of explain to them what they should be looking for when they're hearing about Donald Trump, 14th Amendment, maybe not on the ballot, Colorado. <laughs> what should people take away from that? Let's unpack with that. There's I, a lot you know, going on. Uh, yeah. All over the country, citizens, you know, voters, you know, advocacy groups have been filing petitions to disqualify Trump from the 2024 ballot. And their argument is that under the 14th Amendment, in the aftermath of the Civil War, they there's an, a provision that basically bars anyone who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States from holding federal office. And in these groups and, and citizens' views, 
Donald Trump meets that criteria. He participated in an insurrection on January 6th, inciting the violent uh, attack on the Capitol, doing basically nothing to call it off until hours later, and that that is enough to disqualify him from holding any federal office of public trust and make him ineligible to run. Now, these lawsuits have not gained really any momentum anywhere. Some of them are still, still, it's just still too early. The primary is still going on. Some of these courts are saying, you know, you got to wait until the general to even go there. But in Colorado, it's been a different story. A, a district court judge there took up the case on an expedited basis and actually held a trial on it in November for a week where she heard testimony from cops who were assaulted at the Capitol and from some of Donald Trump's aides and advisors, members of Congress. It was a very elaborate trial. And she determined in a pretty extensive ruling that, you know, not only was January 6th an insurrection against the government, Donald Trump engaged in it and essentially incited it. But in a twist, she ruled that he could still be on the ballot because there was some ambiguity in the historical rationale for the 14th Amendment that suggested maybe the president wasn't subject to that provision, wasn't meant to be barred by that provision. Maybe it was only other federal offices. Kind of a complicated decision. People, it's sort of a head scratcher. People say it doesn't make any common sense, but there is some historical rationale for that. That ruling has been appealed. And I think Donald Trump doesn't like it either because he's, she says he committed an insurrection, essentially, or he joined an insurrection, but he does like it because it kept him on the ballot, which is what the other part that's being appealed. So everyone's got something to dislike about this ruling. And we're going to get a sense of what the Colorado Supreme Court thinks uh, during the arguments. When we think about our United States Supreme Court, one thing that people always say is like, we're fools to try to figure out what they're going to do. Is that the same case with the Colorado Supreme Court? Can we glean anything from the judges that are on the Supreme Court there, many of them that have, were put there by Hickenlooper, like how they're going to look at this, considering all the information we know? I mean, I, I'd say this is an issue that's going to kind of defy the sort of partisan expectations or you can't necessarily judge it based on who who appointed the judges. Because first of all, the, the district court judge was a Democratic appointee who ruled that Trump could remain on the ballot. And, and, you know, five of the seven justices on the Colorado Supreme Court, as you noted, were appointed by John Hickenlooper, who's now in the Senate. And we actually asked him about this and he just... He kind of didn't seem too excited about this case. He just doesn't like the spotlight that it puts on Colorado as being this sort of decisive voice in a very controversial subject. But I, I don't know enough to say that they're going to you know, vote down the line according to what you know the left wants, per se. They may see this as a very nuanced and complicated issue, kind of like the district court judge did. But more importantly, whatever they decide could very easily trigger the U.S. Supreme Court to get involved, because that's where people think this is going to end up. And whatever this Colorado court rules will probably not be the last word. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I found really interesting as this case first kind of popped into the public national space is that there were even Democratic secretaries of state who didn't want this case to go forward or, or at the very least didn't think that Donald Trump should be taken off the ballot in Colorado because of this. That hasn't changed. So I guess talk to me a little bit about how there are Democrats who are even like, yo, we are not fans of this guy. You know, some of them would say and have probably have said that he's an, he is an insurrectionist, but they don't want to see him taken off the Colorado ballot square. Those things for me. 
there's both technical reasons why a lot of these people think that there's not actually a case to remove him from the ballot. And then there's politics too, which is just somewhat of, you know, there's some subjective aspects of deciding what is an insurrection and what is engaging in an insurrection. Now, the judge, the district court judge in Colorado tried to define that very specifically, but there are disputes about this. There are historical and uh, legal. I, I think what you see is the backlash to these lawsuits is, why are you trying to take away, you know, the people's ability to vote on this and decide for themselves who the president should be? I think there's a lot of discomfort with courts essentially saying, well, our interpretation is right. And therefore, we're going to decide that millions of voters won't get to vote for Donald Trump or against Donald Trump because he just won't be on the ballot at all. Oof, lots of <laughs> lots of layers at the very least in this story and one that you and our colleagues will be watching very closely. So Kyle, I'm going to let you go and do that so you can write more stories on this. <laughs> we will certainly be writing a lot on it. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And for your schedule today, the Senate and the House are in, both of them with very long to-do lists before they get out of here for Christmas break in a few weeks. And in the morning, President Joe Biden will meet with G7 leaders Lots for them to talk about as conflicts in the Middle East and Europe continue and don't show any signs of stopping. Later, he'll deliver remarks at the White House Tribal Nation Summit and then head to get some of that money at the St. Regis Hotel at a campaign reception. I'm Eugene Daniels. Thanks for listening. For over 23 years, Amazon has partnered with small and medium-sized businesses, connecting local entrepreneurs with customers globally and breaking down barriers to growth. In fact, more than 60% of sales in Amazon's store come from independent sellers, most of which are small to medium-sized businesses. Learn more at aboutamazon.com.